Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining this podcast today. I wanted to jump on and just share some practical advice and raw feedback from my own life concerning the topic of fasting. Uh, You can find great theological teachings on fasting. There are so many wonderful books out there. So the goal of this podcast is not to do a deep dive um, into the reasons for fasting or the theological implications of fasting, but really just to give uh, some raw feedback from my own life as, as we're preparing to really spend a great deal of this year fasting. If you fast with me the first three days of every month, Um, you will do 36 days of fasting, close to a 40-day fast this year. And I hope many of you are planning to join me the first, second, third of every month as we fast and pray together for our nation. However, even if you're not doing that, this will hopefully carry you in any season of your life that you're fasting. So again, this is going to be shallow on theology, um, but rich in personal experience. And I just wanted to kind of give you some tips that God has given me over the years and uh, some mindset shifts that I've taken that have allowed me to endure fasting um, in the ways that he has asked me to. So right out of the box, let me just say, I hate fasting. I love what it does. And I love walking by the spirit, but there is nothing about my flesh that celebrates fasting. And I just need to be real with you in case some of you dread it. So do I. Just because I do it or teach about it doesn't mean I suffer any less. And fasting isn't pleasant. So as you are getting ready to go on a fast, any part of of you that operates in self-preservation and is determined not to suffer, you're just setting yourself up for failure. A little suffering is just part of it. If you go on any good diet, suffering is going to be part of it because denial is part of it. And our flesh hates to be denied. I'll tell you what really hates to be denied is hunger. Um, And that's some other practical advice for fasting. Number one, I have to tell myself, hey, it's not going to be pleasant and you might as well just suck it up, buttercup. I mean, anything in my mind that tries to subvert that or get out of that, I know is only going to set me up for failure because it's coming and it's part of it. Um, But a hunger, I didn't realize how much hunger ruled my life, how much hunger can cause fear and panic in us. It sends us into survival mode, whether we recognize it or not. Hunger can make us angry, make us frustrated, make us emotional. And you don't really realize how much hunger controls you until you dare to look at hunger and deny it. Um, And that'll be one of the first battles you go through in fasting is learning that hunger won't kill you. Learning that hunger actually will subside and that hunger isn't the God of your life. Spiritual hunger is, not physical hunger, and it can be difficult to deal with. So just, just gear up for that and know that hunger will give you a fit, um, but it's not your God. Um, and I think um, that's part of the struggle of fasting is learning which God to enthrone and which God to dethrone. So I wish I could really explain my personal thoughts about the stomach region Um, And at the risk of making some of you think I'm quite crazy, I'll give you a shallow inversion. Um, But I do believe uh, our stomach region is super important in our body. It's our core. We know that's where our core strength comes from. Um, And the stomach region of a woman is the womb where life comes from. Um, You know, if you fall in love, you can feel butterflies in your stomach. If you feel fear, your stomach drops. When you feel joy, your stomach hurts as you laugh. And if you think about it, the center point of your life is really in that area. All of your emotions, all of your fears, 
And then if I can go further, that's where I feel the reaction of my spirit, man, when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, when I'm preaching, if I grieve the Holy Spirit, that's where I feel it. It's all taking place in that region. So that can lead us to some crazy trains of thought that aren't really relevant now, other than letting you know there's just a supernatural connection between your spirit man and your stomach. So supernatural, even Philippians chapter 3, I think it's verse 19, says that um, our stomach can be a God. So um, hunger is not evil. Your stomach is not evil. God created it, and he actually enjoys uh, when you eat. That's why the same God who instituted fasting also institutes feasting. Please remember that. You are not less spiritual when you eat. But when God says fast, fast. And the flip side is when he says feast, feast. (laughs) But um, there's something about um, our flesh being our God, our stomach becoming our God, that when we go through seasons of fasting, it's just a gut check, no pun intended. And it is dethroning King's stomach and making the spirit reign in that place. And it also creates a heightened sensitivity in that region, uh, a.k.a. your spirit. And so that's just some food for thought about why we fast. Um, I will say this. The Lord really kind of asked me to switch my language about fasting this past year. Um, And instead of viewing fasting as not eating or starving or being hungry or saying to others, oh, I'm not eating that, I'm fasting. Uh, The Lord really took me to John chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. It's a familiar story where Jesus runs into the woman at the well. I personally believe Jesus was fasting in this season, and I'll get into that in a minute. The disciples were looking for food. Jesus was looking for the will of the Lord. And for that moment, he chose alignment with heaven over alignment with his physical desires. Fasting is about us aligning with what God is already saying and doing. It's not about moving God. It's about moving you. Don't fast to make God love you or speak to you or favor you or anoint you. I mean, that's just a religious mindset. You're not fasting for God. God is commanding us to fast for ourselves um, because we are still encased in a flesh that cannot rule us. Um, And Jesus denied his fleshly desires and was in perfect alignment. The disciples weren't evil for eating, but they missed a moment. So while they were feeding their natural bodies, Jesus, I believe, was fasting, and it it aligned him to a kingdom moment. And as he was at the well, he has this wonderful encounter. John 4, verses 31 and 32, the disciples give us a clue that he's fasting because they're worried about him. It's not like he just didn't eat a snack. They, they obviously see he's not eaten in a while. And it says they urge him to eat. They're actually worried about him. And Jesus doesn't say to them, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I can't eat that. I'm fasting. Jesus says to them, I have meat you know not of. Now, that meat he's talking about is doing the will of the Father. He chose the will of the Father over the will of his flesh just for that day or that moment. Um, But he was eating. The way Jesus viewed it is, I am eating meat. It's not the meat you just bought. It's a meat from heaven. And the Lord really dealt with my heart about when you fast, don't think of it as starving yourself. Think of it as God feeding you from a superior table. Think of it as God feeding you superior food um, to your spirit man 
not just your flesh. You are eating. You are feasting. But it's not from a lower level table. And so I've learned to say, you know what? It's not that I'm fasting and I'm starving. I'm fasting because I'm eating from a heavenly table right now. I'm feeding my spirit. I mean, I'm not paying attention to my flesh right now. And so those are some things mentality-wise that has helped me. But just remember, again, I really want to balance this because I struggled with the religious mentality of fasting for so long uh, that God delivered me. Fasting is about my flesh moving into alignment, not about God. Um, God loves me whether I fast or not. He can talk whether I fast or not. He has a perfect will and plan for my life whether I fast or not. But if my flesh is continually in control, I'm not always able to hear it or I'm very, it's easy for me to deviate from it. And fasting is, like I said, a gut check for our spirit and an elevation, I mean, gut check for our flesh and an elevation of the spirit in seasonal times, but it's not meant to last forever. Don't get addicted to fasting. Don't adopt that religious mentality. When, when fasting is done, eat and don't feel guilty when you do or less spiritual when you do. Fast when he says fast feast when he says feast and know that it's not the amount you fast that makes it more effective as much as as it is uh, the amount of obedience you exercise while you fast which is another point God showed me there was a season that if I wasn't fasting severely or fully I didn't feel like it was spiritual if God just said omit a meal or omit an item I didn't feel like that was a real fast that was religious um first Samuel 15 and 22 The prophet says these words to Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice, Saul. And it's the same principle with fasting. It's not about how much you fast. It's about what did God tell you to fast? Now, he may tell you to fast everything, but it's about obedience. Um, It's not about um, you looking at your sacrifice like it's some religious trophy uh, to wave before the Lord. It's just about walking um, in in really humility, submission, and obedience to the will of the Lord. So let me tell you this too. I'm just trying to give you all this practical advice I have written down. Uh, Don't expect hyper spirituality during your fast. Now that's not the, the truth in all cases. There may be some of you listening now that when you fast, you have dreams and visions, angelic encounters. And I do not demean that at all. I'm just giving you my personal experience with fasting generally. Uh, when I fast, I'm miserable, <laughs> at least for the first three days. That's the hardest part of any fast. And if you get through that first three days, if you're going on an extended fast, it's going to be so much easier. Um, but what is happening to my spirit is the same thing that's happening to my body. They operate parallel. And when you go through a fast, your body goes through a season of detoxing, which is so powerful. Your body is meant to eat, to live, but it also needs fasting to live. And we see that when we take this break in our body, our body will detox. It will begin to burn and rid itself of toxins and chemicals that are harmful to the body. And your body will only begin to eliminate those things when fasting. Well, the same thing will happen to your spirit. I'm telling you, anything ugly is going to come out. Uh, whatever. When you start pushing away the plate, you will find out what's really deep inside. And I'm generally not the most pleasant person to be around. And I really recognize how strong my flesh is when I deny it, whether it's for a day or two days. And so you can expect that. And don't feel defeated if you don't feel spiritual when you fast, if you just feel tired, if you just feel hangry, and if you do feel frustrated, if you're short, impatient, uh, those things won't last. It is your body detoxing. It is your spirit detoxing. But I will tell you, victory will soon follow 
if you will be faithful and not operate by what you feel, but what you know to be the instruction of the Lord. Because when you follow God instructions, it will always yield uh, the result of victory. So you may not be spiritual in the moment, but it is coming. Now, I'm going to end with um, something that's super, super practical, but I think is super, super important as we're talking about um, fasting, is that fasting is also a practical benefit for your body. Uh, So over the years, I've just really learned that uh, God is a lot more practical than we think he is. Um, That I believe every instruction he gives us, every principle he gives us will have uh, the potential to have great, deep spiritual meaning and then sometimes it is just so practical we don't see it so simple we think it can't come from god and i think fasting is twofold i think fasting has great uh really deep revelatory reasons behind it the connection between the stomach and the spirit but i also think it's super practical and it's this it's for your health um let's talk about food Let's talk about food in scripture. This may blow your mind. It's so practical, but just think about it. Uh, The sin of man started when Eve ate something that she wanted, but God said not to eat. Um, The sin of humanity happened in the Garden of Eden over food. That's how powerful the stomach can be. Um, And then if we look at the Old Testament law, um, a great percentage of it centers around dietary restrictions. Now, if I looked at that through a religious lens, I can think that uh, God is just trying to steal my fun or my pleasure or make me eat horrible things. But if I look at it through a medical lens, I can recognize that God was helping his people stay alive. He was helping them walk in supernatural health and longevity. He wanted them to live longer. He knew their bodies more than they knew their bodies. There was not uh, the medical uh, research that we have now. And The commandments, although they might have been deeply spiritual, I actually think it was God uh, being the great physician to them and giving them keys for divine health. Um, And if we look at our uh, modern day world with medical technology and uh, medical information, um, I'm sad to say it looks like the world has tapped into the keys of fasting more than the church. You know, the church thinks she's gotten delivered of fasting and the world has picked that kingdom principle up and is using it for healing in the medical field. You can watch so many YouTube videos and documentaries and informative um, teachings on straight medical benefits of fasting. People who don't even know God or fear God are using biblical principles without realizing it and walking in healing that is somewhat greater than what we're seeing in our own churches, in our own own bodies of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, So I think Jesus um, and Yahweh and his infinite wisdom in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament, was just trying to encourage us to fast so that we could walk in the health that he died to provide and that our bodies are made to operate in. God made our bodies to heal themselves. It's part of our God nature. And sometimes we need a miracle. Uh, We need gifts of healing to operate. Sometimes our bodies just need a chance to do what God created them to do. And fasting is that opportunity. So this may blow your mind, but food can help you and food can hurt you. And in America, especially, we are eating ourselves to death. And it's not necessarily about the types of food we eat, although that is very important, but it's the amount and the frequency. So let me explain this in very simple kindergarten terms because I'm not a medical expert. 
Um, but this is the deal. Your body only has so much focus and energy. And your body um, uses that focus and that energy for every system that it has. Circulatory, digestive, respiratory. Um, all your systems, your endocrine system, they operate out of one pool or one bowl of energy and focus. In order of operations for your body, digestion takes priority because it's something that requires immediate attention. When you eat, it is a process that is set into motion that immediately requires focus and attention. So let's say your body is working on a cancer cell or working on an invading virus or working on an organ that needs healing. The moment you eat food, your body will have to pull away energy and focus from that important assignment to digest food. And it will every time. Every time you eat, it will take priority uh, because digestion is high in the order of operations. So what that means is if our body is eating all day long, then our body is exhausted with digestion and unable to focus on immunity. This is why nighttime is so important. If you don't sleep, you get sick. Uh, first of all, you need rest. Secondly, your body receives rest through fasting. So where we thought religiously that fasting was works, actually fasting is rest from the God of rest. Maybe not rest for your cravings, but rest for your body. Because when we give our body a break from digestion, we allow our body to catch up on all the other things that it wants to focus on, such as immunity, meaning that cancer has been healed from fasting, a sugar diabetes has been healed from fasting. I even read an article where epilepsy was being cured from intermittent fasting. Now, I'm going to go somewhere that you don't have to go with me, but... There is this story in the Bible, Matthew chapter 17, where a little boy is having seizures and throwing himself into the fire, and the father brings him to Jesus, and Jesus prays for him, and the boy is healed and delivered. We know there was demonic activity there, but Jesus says a very important statement that I've heard so many sermons on. He says, this type or this kind only come out by prayer and fasting. I've heard people preach that it's unbelief. I've heard people preach that it's that level of a demon. And all of those things may be true. They come from people much smarter than me. But when I read this article on epilepsy, I actually had the thought, what if Jesus was just being super practical because he had intelligence they did not have? What if he was saying, hey, you pray, but if he would go on a fast, it would heal epilepsy. What if he was giving them keys for a medical um, intervention that they did not have in their time. Just a thought, just to let you know that there are some forms of healing that would simply come when the body has rest and focus. And although fasting isn't pleasant, it is a form of rest for your body. So if nothing else, be committed to fasting because you want to live a lifestyle of healing and wholeness and know that it does jumpstart your body in the right direction. So as we end this podcast, you know, I have to say this, always listen to your body, always listen to the doctors who surround you and be wise about fasting. Listen to Yahweh. Do not equate spirituality 
with starving or how much you can fast. Simply hear the Lord and obey. But whatever he asks you to omit, just know if it doesn't move you, it's not going to move your spirit into the right position and that some suffering is inevitable. Denial of hunger and craving is going to be inevitable. But just know that none of it is in vain. Suffering is endurable when suffering is productive. And fasting is is a very productive suffering. It's going to be productive in your spirit and it's going to actually be productive in your health. So I hope this has been helpful today. If you have any other questions that I can help with on a practical level, you can always get on my Instagram or Facebook and submit those questions there. But my goal was just to give you a boost, um, a little bit of coaching, and hopefully some advice that would help um, as we prepare for our first three-day fast of the year. And I'm hoping this provokes you to join me. As you are praying about what to fast, just know (laughs) that Anything you eat is going to keep hunger alive, and anything you deny, somehow your flesh will find a way to crave. But just know that you are not starving self. You are choosing to eat from another table. And I do want you to feast in the presence of the Lord while you fast, even in the moments you don't feel like it. Make sure that you are in devotion and conversation with Him. Surround yourself with worship and His presence. Consume the Word and know that you may not feel very victorious in the moment, but there is a victory on the other end that comes through that obedience. And I cannot wait to see um, how the Lord moves our hearts, how the Lord moves the heart of this nation as we pray for America to come into alignment with the heart and the will of Yahweh and that our ears will be open to hear him. So I bless you. I hope this has been helpful today, and I'll be back soon uh, with more practical advice and stories on Just Devin.